This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome everyone back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. Well, David got me this time because I'm certainly not singing, but I'm Ryan Abraham from USCfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. <clears throat> together we make the podcast of champions talking all things pac 12 football we are coming at you on our podcast network it's massive it's all over the world this podcast mm-hmm, network mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm, podcast mm-hmm, of champions mm-hmm. but also on our youtube channel smash that like smash that subscribe if you're watching us live on youtube thank you very much uh there's a you know it's 9 15 in the morning here on the east coast on the west coast so if you're watching here, maybe you don't have a job. Maybe you're watching, uh, you know, accident lawyer commercials on television. We or you're wh- stuck. You're stuck in a blizzard out uh, here on the West Coast. That is true. Scott says he's stuck in sp- in Portland. Snowpocalypse. And I have nothing better to do with my time. So here I am. So uh, I hope you stay safe, Scott, uh, in Portland. Yeah, it's funny. I w- look at the weather this morning. The whole West Coast is pretty shitty. It's like 84 in Miami. But um, yeah, we're going to get snow like the. The Hollywood sign could get snow. Yeah. This is – I can't even believe we're in the studio. Like, my all of L.A. would be shutting down. Driving over here today, I'm going to tell you this. There was a little patch of water in some shade. Uh, my car skidded. Was it like black ice? Because it was a little bit of ice. A <laughs> little bit of ice. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> a little black ice. Uh, yeah, so hopefully you guys are all staying safe wherever you are. And uh, But we're here, both of us. I don't know. Under the weather, like allergies from all the wind, or what? I don't know. It's kind it's of a good crazy. thing COVID isn't a real thing anymore. Otherwise, we'd be in trouble. Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't get my cupcake before. David's got cupcakes. I made cupcakes. We're ready. We are ready. David We're is so good pumped. Mood. David's in a good Someone put that in the chat. David's in a good mood. G Greens wants to know why you're mm. in such a good mood. It's a great question. Uh, yeah. I right. got a cupcake. Ryan yeah. gave me a cupcake. I mean, when you wake up to a cupcake, are you saying I just woke up? I have two small children. I woke up at five thirty, Ryan. No, I was I was up at five thirty two. Yeah, but I was at the gym. I wasn't taking care of kids. No, no. Um, Hence the difference in our physiques. <laughs> well, hope, I hope you enjoyed the cupcake. I think I'm gonna have to have one of those later. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy the show. Like I said, if you're watching live on YouTube, smash that like button, subscribe, put that little alert, the little bell, so you know when we go live. Because we don't know sometimes we're going live. I didn't make this public. Until about an hour ago. So my apologies for that. So if you are listening, watching, we appreciate that. 
Um, if you have any questions or comments, you can send us an email. We got a few emails today. Podcast at gmail.com. That seems to be the main avenue of getting your thoughts to our <clears throat> mouths. So just send us an email there. That's great. You could also call or text us. Our buddy Perk left us a voicemail. You can do that too, 424-532-0678, or send us a text. We haven't had a text for a while. You should probably do that. Um, you can tweet us at Pac-12 Podcast or go to the website, Pac-12Podcast.com, that David never goes to, but I try to maintain so you can get all of our old No content. one else has ever been there either. Can we get Google Analytics to finally determine whether or not anyone goes to that? It's like me like looking to see when the last episode was posted and then me posting yeah, a new yeah. episode just two a week. Nobody's going there. I would think. So. Yeah. I don't know. But we're also on Reddit. Go over there. Reddit.com slash r slash podcast. Okay. Champions. Again, we're not. Somebody yes. probably is, but not us. Right. It's a, you can make fun of us over there. But the best place to make fun of us, it's a more public <laughs> forum. Uh, if you have that Apple podcasting app on your iPhone, your iPad, wherever it is, go there. Read some of our reviews. They are really funny. So we we can be self-deprecating. It's fun. You make fun of us. All we ask is that you give us a five-star rating and then leave us a review that you can trash us, whatever you want to do. We have been so lucky and of our 12 listeners, like 11 of them are super funny and uh, they've left some uh, great reviews. So we appreciate that. It does help grow the show. It's just kind of part of our shtick where people uh, talk trash to us and we read it on the podcast. But I don't know if we have any new ones, Dave. Uh, I, I, no, we don't, but, uh, Rob just had a very good comment because I was going to comment on it when you said it, because it was a very odd turn of phrase. Yeah. Our thoughts to your mouths. Uh, that explains <laughs> a lot about why this show makes no sense. <laughs> uh, that was, that was a beautiful little turn of phrase from do you like that? a little bit ago. Well, if you have a thought, you send us an email and do you, then, do you then know, it comes out of our mouths. Do you not want to know when the last <laughs> post on our Reddit was? No. <laughs> Two months ago. Okay. Should we just kill the Reddit or like? Well, there's 244 people subscribed to it. Okay. Why well, don't we kill it? But just I mean, we don't I think we've anymore. already. I think. Well, I mean, we should. Probably I think. Go on speaking it. of zombie shows, uh, <laughs> I think that's a zombie Reddit. I figure someone would just take it and run with it. You know, they'd just be, become like our POC official Reddit. Uh, I know, mean, I think there's a couple people who have tried to, but the thing is, like, if you're running with something and nobody else is following you, is it really fun anymore? Yeah. Um, we have uh, West Texas Mike. Why is the timing of this show so random? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Because Ryan has two days a week where he is not either in Catalina or Vegas. That's not true. Uh, it's we, three days. Sorry. Should we pick a day? Like, we were supposed to do that. We haven't done that. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've picked a day several times, and then you randomly go to Catalina or Vegas on, like, a Thursday. Okay. So what what day would you like us to go for? We're gonna make it official right here. Thursday at nine oh five a.m. Okay, not nine fifteen. Nine oh five. Nine oh five a.m. Okay, Thursday. You guys all cool? I with that? can commit to that in perpetuity. All right, I'll put that until in my calendar. UCLA football practice starts in spring. Yeah, uh, USC practice in the afternoon, so I should be okay on the Thursdays and stuff. But let's keep doing it. I mean, who needs me? Um, but West Texas, Mike, you've, you've, li- if you've listened to us at all, you know, the randomness of this, the, the preparation that goes in painstakingly. No, this is just sort of how the show is, but it's us. That's how it works. Yeah. Uh, and it keeps going on. Um, what else do we have at the top of the show? Oh yeah. So do we have any new, uh, any, uh, new reviews? No. Okay. So not a one, not, not a single person has reviewed us. In recent memory. Even of our post-Valentine's Day, like... Not a word. Not one iota of a post. I had people uh, comment about They thought it was really nice that I brought donuts in and stuff. I was like, oh, well, thanks. Yeah, not in our iTunes reviews, though. 
Yeah, why don't we get any of that? Yeah. Uh, Ernesto, he's saying, um, Dave loves some springtime football. I got to resubscribe to uh, Sling. One one last time. One last go around. One last go around. This is it. We don't have to do it anymore. I wonder, like, yeah. Well, actually, are they going to show spring? So next year, when is the changeover? Like, is it? Is it after basketball season? It's July. Is it in yeah. July? July? So you might actually have to do it one more spring next year. Uh, true. Follow. Depends what we're See, that'll do. be true dedication, by the way, is to watch the spring football games for a conference for which your team is no longer a part. Well, it's not even just that. And that I think I would still do that if the Pac-12 was going to be the Pac-10 or whatever it is. Sure. And we're still doing the show. Even though USC and UCLA are off uh, to the Midwest, uh, because um, do you know why they went to the Midwest, David? Uh, to play Rutgers? No. You know we need the money. Listen, we're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. <laughs> uh, thank you to Blake for Th- sending us that one. Thank Mont you Lake to Spaceballs. Bla- Montlake Blake, yeah, Spaceballs. Um, he gave us. We asked for suggestions for good drops i don't know if you get a better one than that um but thank you that was that was a good one but yes so usc and ucla are going to be off for a shitload of money i think we would still do the show at least through the spring and talk about spring football with all the schools Uh like i think that's definitely what we would have to do and then who knows what happens in july but what we're going to talk the main topic today is like is that going to be the case like we still do not have a media rights deal in the conference of champions. And there's a lot of rumors and a lot of reports out there. Um, I mean, I've heard everything from, you know, the PAC 12 is going to sign this sweetheart deal to it's going to dissolve and everyone's going to get, you know, poached by other, you know, other uh, conferences. Maybe they merge with a couple of different conferences. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that could happen uh, between now and then. So, if everything's like sort of status quo and they maybe they add two schools or just a 10, yeah, next sp- next spring I'll get sling again if and that'll be the final because that'll really be like the new deal will start July 1st or whatever. So um, you won't have to use, you know, Pac-12 networks and all that stuff. They'll be on something uh, if, the, if the conference is still whole. But that's kind of in question a lot, Dave. I think that's kind of the main topic today. You know, can Klyovkov pull off some sort of miracle – or are we going to see some fracturing? Are we going to see something outside of the Pac-12 just, you know, trudges forward with some new members and a, and a new TV deal? Yeah, I mean, I think the reality is um, the Pac-12 or the Pac-10 remaining teams are going to have to deal with some very, very hard decisions of their own. Because so what it sounds like speculation is uh, whatever ends up happening might be in the like 20 to 25 million dollar a year range per school. Um, whether it's Apple TV or whether it's, you know, some low level offer from ESPN or whatever, um, that will be around what they're getting on this current 12 year deal, uh, maybe a little bit more, but it obviously doesn't, um, uh, significantly alter the economies of the sport for these schools and, uh, they'll be well behind every other major conference. Um, but here's the deal, uh, the big 12, accepting new members i think it's in their contract that um new members only get a certain percentage of a full share of the rights deal um so 
they wouldn't necessarily make more money jumping ship. Um, it's, I mean, I think Oregon and Washington might be willing to do that because they'll recognize that like going to the Big Ten, if that's possible, but who knows if it's possible, would be um, good. But um, I think they're going to all be faced with some uh, realities of their. Um, I don't know what's a what's a nice way of putting it, but they're like brand position in this media market because whatever Klyavkov may have promised forty million dollars a year, whatever it is, it's it was it's not going to be that, but it's not going to be that anywhere, no yeah. matter where you go. Um, and so, is the twenty to twenty five million dollars a year, and maybe it's a streaming only deal. Who knows? But is that still better than anything you're going to get anywhere else? Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so much there. The talk of streaming, uh, with the, I think the New York Post reported that Apple is now a, a player in this. Um, you know, there's we haven't seen any, you know, tier one rights in college football go to a streaming service. Yeah, and the benefit is, yeah, you got all these people that couldn't even watch on the Pac-12 network unless they changed their cable <coughs> company or their provider. But it's also hard to to get if you're if you're switching around. You know, you're watching college football. You're going to ESPN, Fox, and that that Oregon uh, Utah game is on uh, on Apple, and it's like that's a whole different thing. There's no easy, at least I don't know, of an easy way to get to that or get to Amazon if you're flopping around. You're like you got to get out of the YouTube TV or wherever you're watching now, and then get into this app and then watch it from there. So there's, I mean, there's definitely you know you can. The potential for more eyeballs in the Pac-12 network for sure, but the just casual fan watching is probably not going to be happening as much. So there isn't um, – the only barrier to entry there is cost, which um, with with the Pac-12 network, it wasn't just cost. It was actual access. Like in certain parts of the country, it was impossible to access. So there there's advantage to it, um, and let's be honest – Losing UCLA and USC, you're actually losing a lot of the um, – uh, well, with USC especially, you're losing a lot of the games that would have gotten picked up as marquee national games anyway. Um, so – It's also the major – like this was the largest area where DirecTV was. So I guess that you know that was the biggest problem too because DirecTV is like their biggest yeah. footprint was in Southern California and then, you know – now, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, there's a lot of – I don't hate streaming only as an idea. Um, obviously, it would be better to have better distribution on um, for national games. But um, it, the access for at watching every one of your games – because the thing is, what are you trying to appeal to? You're trying to appeal to your current fan base or are you trying to appeal to, like, generic football watcher nationally? Because the problem with the Pac-12 is that I think there's been some diminishment among the actual fan bases of these particular schools yeah. because the distribution sucks. So if you're a young alum who's living on the East Coast, um, your ability to watch, you know, to stay connected to your university's, you know, uh, a huge part of the marketing arm, a huge part of the um, the the uh, uh, outreach of the university is the major athletic teams and your ability to stay connected to that uh, is diminished because you're on the East coast and you can't get the PAC 12 network. It would be improved in this situation. You know, you pay your eight bucks a month for Apple TV or whatever, and you get to watch the games for, right. uh, you know, nine months of the year with basketball and football. I don't know. Um, 
I guess that's a separate conversation, which is streaming only. Is that is that good or bad? I generally would lean towards it's better than what they have right now. Yes. Um, but the other thing is, if you're um, Utah or Oregon or Washington or maybe the Arizonas, the schools that might have the potential to look elsewhere, do you see the Pac-12 having to drop down to a streaming-only plan, and do you see this as a viable option for you going forward? Because the the what's there's two different things going on here. You've got the network executives, um, the major movers and shakers who are making all this happen, who are almost invariably short-timers who are just looking to eke out profits, and they don't really care about the long-term viability of anything. And then you have the university presidents and athletic directors, most of whom are looking to stay in their jobs for at least a significant portion of time, who have to think on a longer time horizon. Um, you have to think, okay, as a president or whatever, uh, leader of the university, what's going to be good for us in 10 years, not what's good for us right now. Yeah. Um, and what's good for you in 10 years might be going to the Big 12 and you know maybe for the first five years you're not an equal member, but then after that you are, versus um, getting a, a, a short-term slightly bigger financial gain. And the thing is, for any of it to be better than that, you have to rely on some TV executive realizing that the long-term economies of the sport are better if there's a major viable West Coast league, which yeah. involves doing a sweetheart deal right now. They're not going to do that because, again, none of them give a shit except for their bonuses uh, every year. You love TV executives. Yeah. I mean, I think part of the issue, too, it's not just – it is good. Like, if you're uh, a Utah fan that lives in Portland and you really had a hard time getting the Pac-12 network, like, you can get it and you can watch all that stuff now. But, you know, if if you got, like, a Michael Penix making a Heisman run – Penix. And he never – you didn't – well, you know, like, Christian McCaffrey is on 7.30 p.m. West Coast. He's on too late and they don't – you know, he doesn't win the Heisman when he should – well, you know, something like that could happen again if it's all if all your games are on streaming services. So, I mean, there's but you but, need to get but, the money. Like but, he put that money out there. He said like 40, 45 million and then kind of poo-pooed when the Big 12 got their 31 million. And now it's looking like to get the 31 million is going to be a, a a you know, a, a Herculean task and that's that's a problem. Yeah, I mean it totally is, but I think the problem isn't the problem isn't getting to that number in like um, because Klyavkov promised that or whatever. The problem is getting into that number because um, you're not worth it, uh, and that's and that's the hard reality that I think a lot of these schools have to look at is, well, would we w will we ever get there, or do we have to kind of sign on with somebody else and take some you know take it in the shorts for a little while until we get up there. Um, and I, I really don't know. I think so. But going back to the presidents and the decisions they have to make, I think what you talked about right there, which yeah. is like the Heisman stuff and all that kind of stuff. And it's a legitimate point, but I think it's a distraction for what they have to think about, because that's not the most important thing for a university. The most important thing for a university is thinking about what what purpose does athletics serve for the broader mission of the university, which is what these guys have to think about. And viability as a marketing arm, because, I mean, everybody saw the Johnny Manziel, Texas A&M stuff, right? Right. When he was really good, Texas A&M's applications, funding, all that kind of stuff, when they were going 10-2 and two each of those two years, 
shot through the roof yeah. um, because they had so much interest in the university based on seeing what he was doing down there, seeing the like atmosphere and that whole thing. Um, it's super significant. I mean, yeah. So Washington, UCLA, Washington get that if 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 they have a huge run, you know, right. do they get that bump because they're not distributed well, like where Texas A and M right. would be? Whereas you could take the short term money gain, go to Apple TV, but maybe instead you take uh, we'll take a fifty percent cut to go over to the Big Twelve because at least we're going to be on ESPN and Fox. Yeah. And then if we do have that big run under Kalen DeBoer, it pays off um, because in the long run for a university for one of these major universities. Uh, $10 million a year, $15 million a year, it's chump change. It's it's nothing compared to the value you can get from increased applications, increased university donations, increased all of this stuff from alums you already have. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of factors in this that I think the presidents and chancellors and whatever, uh, they need to – they need to be taking a driving role here. I think it's out of Klee. I've, and this is something I think uh, Wilner or Kanzano was saying, but it's not like Klyavkov's got to put the best deal out there, but the presidents all need to make their best individual decisions based on what's best for their university, not what's best for the Pac-12, not what's best for their individual athletic teams, but what's best for their universities. Yeah. Um, T. Lawrence said in there, he, I don't think this is an actual quote, but he says, quote, George K. got 30 days for a deal that includes linear TV and at least thirty million per school annually, or he has to pack his or pack up his office, Oregon or Washington Board of Regents. Um, there's, there, I don't think that's a real quote or anything, but the there's, I've seen reports, I've seen tweets or whatever about something like that. Like this could be if if Klyavkov can't deliver, um, does he step down? Does you know? Do they want to get rid of him? Like I, you know. They they let Larry Scott hang around for a long time. I can't imagine them wanting to to kind of get rid of George K. But I, to me, it's more about if he doesn't get a deal done that's going to satisfy all the presidents and chancellors and the boards and everything, then I, I feel like the conference is going to get fractured. Like the you're not going to see Granite Wright's deal signed, and maybe it's short term stuff, and then they're going to get pilfered by other you know I. I think that's probably the bigger thing is that can you keep the the conference together, you know? And if you can't, it doesn't your job's gone just because the conference is going to be gone. Yeah, and so I think he needs to um what he has to do is I mean it's kind of magician's work, but he has to find a deal that gives him good enough money and also a good plan for what it looks like 5 years from now, what it looks like 8 years from now. You know, like it can't just be Oh, you're going to get twenty to twenty-five million from Apple TV, and that's just what it's going to be for the next eight years. And then we're going to hope for the best the next time around. Um, like there has to be some plan for it to grow, some plan for it to um, be bigger in the long run, and also have bigger distribution. Um, and I don't think it's possible. Yeah, um, we had a comment from uh, Jim D. Uh, this TV stuff feels like I'm at work uh, at a work meeting. When are we doing football? Well, it's the off season. Ryan and, loves and to talk about this. I stuff. do love, but like if, he he yelled at me beforehand because I was like, I don't want to talk about that, and he was like, No, we have to talk about it. I don't it. know about that, but um, yeah, no, he he hit me. I'm telling you, <laughs> Kyle says I, I, uh, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to tell the people the truth. Okay, he tell them the me. truth. He hit me. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. I don't have it yet, but you I'm going to have a shiner. Right I gave there. you a cupcake. Like that's the yeah, yeah. It I was, think. it was, it was what you were paying. <laughs> you were, you were, 
You were hoping I wouldn't bring this up after giving me that cupcake. Yeah. Um, No, but this, I mean, and I even talk about on the USC podcast, even though USC is leaving, it's still like, this is, this could reshape West Coast football as we know it. And I think Dave brought up a good point. You want West Coast football to survive. You want those, you know, you, you want it to be a relevant part of the national college football landscape. And I think it's become marginalized over the last several years. USC and UCLA leaving, it's sort of like, I mean, they have a foothold in the West Coast, but you want to see Oregon and Washington and the Arizona schools and Utah, and you want to see the schools do well. But if the conference they're part of is crumbling, then I, I mean, it's going to change everything. You might see some schools in the Big 12 or the ACC or the Big 10. And I mean, all that stuff is interesting, interesting to me. And we might know in the next couple of weeks when this, you know, whenever the TV deal comes well, it, out. So it's, it's, it, I'm sorry, it's not football, but it's interesting to me. Well, it's pure power dynamics um, because the reality is, and let's just uh, put it all out there, um, ESPN and Fox have no interest in um, what we just talked about, the viability of West Coast football um, or not any kind of price tag that would make it viable. And that, at the end of the day, is going to determine this. Um, You know, they can they can do all the smoke and mirrors they want. But um, if they don't have somebody a partner willing to overpay um, then because the thing is the big 10 and the sec, they're also getting overpaid. Um, yeah. Like the, the, but all I don't these think... things are overpayments, but they decided they colluded. The PAC 12 wasn't worthy of an overpayment anymore. And they also are in last place. And we've talked about this before, just the timing of it. That's maybe the biggest one. Well, I mean, after USC and UCLA leaving, the biggest misstep was allowing the big 12 to jump ahead. Uh, in line, but, it, but because, as we talked about, I don't think it was a misstep. I think it was part of the strategic element from ESPN and Fox, which is oh. no. But they you, don't. You they, told me you don't like some of those Twitter people, but there's like the, that's the kind of conspiracy no, theory like, stuff that they're tweeting. No, about this there. is not. This is not a conspiracy that uh, ESPN and Fox are driving everything going on here. Like it's not. Oh, Brent Yormack, he's just a genius, and he was like, "Let's cut the line and get less money." Well, it takes two to tango. He was the only one who cut the line. Who did he negotiate with? Yeah. Sure. Like, who decided to cut the line? Who decided, hey, Big 12, we've, we don't do this very often, but why don't you jump the line and we'll negotiate with you first? Yeah. Uh, West Texas Mike says, abusers usually like to give gifts like cupcakes as part of their gaslighting tactics. I, I, that's all I'm saying. That's, that's all I'm saying. I thought we were friends, West Texas Mike. I mean, jeez. That's wow, sad. wow. That's talk, pretty rough. Talk about gaslighting. Yeah, don't show them the bruises I left on you. Uh, <laughs> one of the a couple other notes, like Brett McMurphy tweeted out earlier this week that CBS and Turner are no longer involved in the media rights negotiations for the Pac 12. Um, so as you see people sort of dropping out, um, I'd mentioned before the New York Post reported that Apple was going to be a potential landing spot for Pac 12 football. That could be interesting. Um, the uh, president for Washington State uh, joined John Wilner, and he kind of talked about things. And um, he kind of realized that that vote of confidence, I think he made a joke about the vote of confidence. Like, that's always what a coach or ED says right before he fires the coach. So I think they kind of understood, but they needed to do something. Um, but the longer this goes, Dave, it's just like, it's kind of crazy. And then you're not, there's a guy. Uh, on Twitter, there's a, well, there's a one. Right, that, so, so Ryan's getting into um, you want to do conspiracy. Th- there's stuff? like there's like four people on Twitter who uh, 
tweet all the time about the TV deals and um, their supposed uh, purported inside information. It's all horseshit. Uh, but Ryan found one that piqued his interest. And so now we're going to no, talk about it. No, I mean, there's, I mean, just in general, like there's the guy, the Minnesota guy uh-huh. who predicted this was going to happen. Yeah, so yeah. He, was, he had it right. But he does his own like YouTube show now and then crazy. There's a West Virginia guy. I don't know. I don't know him from Adam, but like he's followed by a lot of, pro, you know, like, prominent people mm-hmm. about this but he had mentioned the potential for like an acc merger yeah, uh, certainly not, not gonna happen no they i think he tweeted that this morning it wasn't gonna happen but i like, like i said i don't know i'm i don't it's like some west virginia guy but the the one that's and it's not just him like other people have talked about this a potential merger with the big 12 where do you stand on that well um, okay so the big 12 is in a much much better position than the pac 12 right now it wasn't um, the case before. Like the Pac-12 no, was they, in a better negotiating but, spot. But because they flipped. jumped the line, because well, their strategic vision, they were just like, "Yes, let's jump the line." We don't. We certainly weren't. No, when know. Texas and Oklahoma left for real, like they were scrambling, and the Pac-12 yeah, yeah. could have like sucked up some of those schools. They didn't because they had a void. They could get the best totally. group of five schools. That wasn't the Pac-12's fault. That and then they got poached losing for... UCLA and USC was much, much more damaging to the Pac-12 than uh, losing Texas and Oklahoma yeah. was to the Big Twelve. Um, but before, that. if the Pac-12 wanted to do it, like on you know, last May, you're in a position of strength. Now you're really not. Yeah. And, and so the Big 12 has shored itself up as like a kick-ass football conference. Not the most wealthy conference, but a kick-ass football conference. And they're really good at basketball, too. They're probably the best basketball conference, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they've been that for a while. But yes, um, and Texas and Oklahoma weren't exactly lighting the world on fire for most of that time. Um, but they are. Uh, Texas is a big part of why they are so good right now um but anyway uh it doesn't make sense for there to be a merger it makes sense for the big 12 to try to acquire um because i think the big 12 from like a a regionality standpoint makes more sense for a few of the schools uh the weird one for me is oregon and washington geographically um like it just it's sort of like the la schools but there isn't the value add of the LA market, but it's so far. Like it is so far from the big 12 hubs. It's so far from the big 10 hubs. It's just so far. Like the Arizona's make enough. They make as much sense for the big 12 as they do for the pac 12. Like, it's, yeah, they're real close. Utah makes as much sense. Colorado makes as much sense for the big 12 as they do for the pac 12. But the, the Bay area schools, cause they've been talked about for the big 10, I guess they make sense as like a, an academic fit with the Big Ten. They make sense in that way, and it's the same sort of thing as the LA schools. But Oregon and Washington, I just don't know where they fit, like which one of those conferences makes the most sense. But I guess my point is the Big 12 doesn't need to acquire the the dregs. They don't need to acquire things that don't make sense, um, and they certainly don't need to merge. There's no incentive for them to merge when the Pac-12 keeps displaying its um, market weakness. Constantly going back 10 years when they couldn't leverage direct TV to get distribution all the way to now where they're struggling to get uh, what would it be? Two thirds of what the big 12 is currently getting per school. Yeah. Um, So what's the incentive to merge? The only incentive is to add maybe a couple of these schools to make sense. Um, And the big 12, again, it it goes into like the, the time horizons that you're thinking of because I think there's um, 
and this is something I often think about, like different businesses and different institutions and stuff, because I think UCLA has been prone to this at times where it's despite being run almost exclusively by long timers, a very short timer mentality with nickeling and diming people. Um, the Big 12 needs to think, OK, we are fine right now, but are we going to be fine in five years? Yeah. Are we going to be fine in 10 years? Are we going to still be viable? Does anyone care? Um, and that's the sort of stuff that should influence decision making. It just often doesn't. Um, and so, you know, and I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if it's, okay, go out and try to acquire like eight Pac-12 schools or is it stick with what you have and just try to ensure that you guys can get the best deals for your 12 or whatever it is. I don't know. But um, that's what they should start thinking of because there's it's quickly turning into a situation where there will be the SEC and the Big Ten and then everyone else. Yeah, I mean, I it's interesting. Like maybe you if you can get Oregon or Washington and then the rest of the Pac-12 falls apart and then you can get the Arizona schools, you can Utah, Colorado on the cheap and make a big conference. I don't know. I mean, that'd be interesting to see, but that's why all this is interesting. Can you imagine like, like what would the, what's the travel time to go? Like if you got to get on a flight from Morgantown, West Virginia to Eugene, Oregon, like what is that going to be like? What's the, what's the travel logistics or something like that? It would probably be pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, that is let's, let's pull it up. Okay. So if you drove it, it'd be 40 hours. Is that information that you needed? No. I don't okay. think they're going to take a bus. You don't think so? Probably. Um, all right. So that's a – that's a. Uh, wow. It's a connecting flight, but that wouldn't be the case for the guys flying. I mean, it's probably about a five-hour flight, six-hour flight. Um, brutal. Super brutal. Um, but – and that's the thing is, I mean, it's, it's no less brutal than L.A. to any of these places. It's just you're not actually – you're not actually getting as much value. And yeah. that's not that's not me commenting on Oregon, the institution, or Washington, the institution. Wow, why are you trashing them? I'm commenting on the geographic location. And, You're such an elitist. And, 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 You're such an LA elitist. Oh, my um, God. But that's part of it. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, and that's not to say they won't find a home. They probably have the most value of anyone left in the league. Yeah. It's just... Are they going to be attractive enough for these conferences to continue to bend themselves in weird shapes? Yeah. I remember Shear told us last week that he didn't think like the Arizona schools would make a move first, but it would be more of like if Oregon and Washington aren't happy and we've had some comments in the chat about, you know, if they're not happy, they're not going to sign a grant of rights deal. Someone said they're not going to sign a grant of rights deal if it's for a streaming service. So there's some of that um, going I think, on. Uh, it, they they can posture that way. The problem with Oregon and Washington is how much leverage do you actually have? Because, yes, you are the biggest dick in the conference left, right? You definitely do have the biggest schwang and schlong. But in the broad scheme of things, do you have any other option? Like, what is yeah. your other option? Do you, do you buy – yeah, th no, I, I think you're right. But if you – they, if they, this was Oregon and Washington saying, we're not going to sign this. Or do you buy that like Cal and Stanford are like, no, we don't want this team joined. Like there's a lot of talk about the presidents not being on the same page, that votes to add schools aren't going 10-0. There's a lot of, um, they need 80%, right? To And there have been reports out there that they're not getting the right votes. I don't know if those are true or not. Do you believe that the presidents aren't going to, like there's going to be like Cal Stanford might feel a certain way or Oregon, Washington, 
certain way. Historically, that's always been the case. Yeah. Like there's uh, the schools operating in lockstep is a relatively relatively recent phenomenon. Um, historically, there has been a lot of disagreement against among the men's member institutions. Yeah. Um, losing UCLA and USC actually, um, uh, I would think, diminishes the strength of like that the Cal Stanford because. Those schools, I think, you know, generally speaking, were working along the same lines um, in terms yeah. of what they wanted and what they wanted to do. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And whether a simple majority wins, I think there's a lot of factors here where because everything is so unstable, um, if you're voting to add schools and like enough members are not happy with it, say it's four of them, do they just take their ball and go home? Yeah. Um, so I think there's there's a bunch of crazy stuff. I mean, I think if you're betting on whether or not the Pac-12 stays together, I think it's never been more uncertain than right now. The thing that I keep coming back to is, is there another option? Like, is there really another option? Because I know there's a lot of speculation the Big 12 wants X, Y, and Z. Do they yeah. want them right now? Because if they don't want them right now, you got to sign something. <laughs> like... It's kind of along the lines with Kyle. He's saying, do you think the big, because there's instability, I assume this is why he's saying this in the Pac-12, do you think the Big 12 wishes they could go back on BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston? I don't think so. I think those were all good moves. I don't think you'd want to say, hey, we're going to add Oregon and Washington, but oh, we wouldn't have taken UCF and Houston or something. I think it's more about you're adding more to it. So I, I don't think there would be regrets on that. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or... No, I mean, I think it made made sense at the time. I think it still makes sense. And also, again, uh, <laughs> the Big 12 might want to wish they could go back and see if they could add, uh, see if they could get involved in the negotiations to get UCLA and USC. Um, mm -hmm. But that was unknowable at the time that they were looking, probably. You wanna, yeah, you want to replace Texas and Oklahoma? Yeah, you do it with that would have been UCLA. the, speaking of big swinging dicks, that would have been the... Uh, <laughs> the, the, the the, I don't think those USC or the UCLA BDE would have done that, though. Um, no, and I don't think they would have, but make a big-time offer? Who knows? And I don't think the Big 12 is any better of a – I think it's a worse fit academically and, and culturally than the Big 10. For sure. But a better fit geographically, um, that is, especially that is. with um, – especially with the leverage UCLA and USC would have over them. UCLA and USC would have immediately been the – movers and shakers in the Big 12 in the way they were in the Pac-12. Yeah. In the Big 10, they're, you know, they're in there, but they're not. If if they, you know, if, if USC tries to put its foot down in the Big 10, they'll say, oh, that's cute. We have yeah. Ohio State here and Michigan that say no. Um, Big 12, they would have had that juice. And so it would have been interesting if they went and did that. And that would have provided a little bit more because, again, the, the dollars and cents would have been a little bit different, maybe more of the Pac-12 is invited as well at the same time. Yeah. But that was unknowable a year ago. I mean, it, it, this was all happening pretty much in secret. We had a question uh, from Kavit. Uh, which deal would you guys choose, $40 million per school with Apple or 32 with Apple and ESPN? And then uh, T. Lawrence, who's been active in the chat, says that wasn't going to happen <laughs> He said it would be $30 million with Apple or 22 with ESPN Apple. So, I mean, the gen we don't know how much the money would be. Maybe T. Lawrence is I think you're both overinflating it, but yeah, okay. So, okay, let's go with the lower one then. Um, 
would you rather do more money with all streaming or with with some accessibility to ESPN? I, I mean, I'm leaning towards the latter. I'm I'm probably there too because I don't think the eight million is significant enough to just drop all of your distribution down. But it depends on the complexion of that ESPN, what they're getting, like what what you're what you're giving them. Because I think. You're not doing it for the money at that point. You're doing it for the exposure. So what is ESPN offering? Is it just the 1030 slot on Saturday night, 1030 Eastern? Or are you getting legitimate games? Um, Are you getting all the weeknight games on ESPN? And are you also getting, you know, every other Saturday getting a midday? Um, Because in that case, yeah, do the 22 million. But if it's only 1030 p.m. and you're not getting the money, I mean, it's... It's it's six of one, half a dozen the other, because still the East Coast people who you were trying to get with that generic um, ESPN Fox thing, they're not watching at ten thirty. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's just I mean, there's factors into it, but yeah, I mean, it, it, if you're getting reasonable exposure on ESPN, I think you go that way. And you know the the ironic thing is, well, I don't know if it's ironic, but just I would say, if you were going to be on a streaming service it's probably better to be on at 7.30 p.m. because you're not going up against other games or anything good. So people probably be more likely to switch over to Amazon Prime or Apple at, oh, I'm going to watch the late game of the Pac-12. It could be kind of like, kind of like a thing. Um, if you have to do it during prime time or like the, you know, the earlier windows, you're sort of rolling in from, college game day or big new kickoff and kind of, you know, you're, Oh, I'm going Fox. What does Fox have? What does have? Oh, CBS has a good game. It's easy to kind of switch around between those. And it's not necessarily easy to just like, Oh, I'm going to, do I have to stumble upon Washington at, you know, in Tempe at Arizona state? I, you know, you might just, you know, I'm going to accept that as a legitimate point because I assume there are people who do that. Yeah. Um, But my thing is I I don't like to base anything off of an idea. So stupid. Um, (laughs) Like, People can't like how many and maybe this is just my behavior with uh, modern streaming services and my behavior may not be everyone's. But I I go to things to find specific things in in today's world. Right. I, right. I'm not I'm not ch- channel surfing is not a thing anymore. It is for older people like me. Like, right. I'm a channel surfer still. Well, no. Like, and, I, and if I'm, I'm not, like, like, oh, I want to watch a show. I'm like, shit, dog. So I got to go to prime like. But younger people don't. They watch exactly what they want, like, right now. Yeah, and I hate it in some ways. Like, it's not good because especially if you're a person who's like, oh, God, do I want to watch that? Do I want to spend the time to watch that? No, let me keep looking. Maybe there's something else. All that. And then eventually I, I, I just go to bed because I, I spent an hour uh, looking through stuff. Um, it, it, you know, on demand only works if you if you know what your demands are. Um, but uh, my, my point is um, – you know, it, it is a reality for some people, so you do have to bake that in. It's just, um, it shouldn't be, and increasingly, it's not going to be. Yeah, the younger um, people don't do that. Well, younger people also watch on their phones. Like, yeah. I, I, when like, if it's a streaming game, like if I can only watch it on streaming, like if it's the third game, and I've you know got my TV or my computer, I'm I'm watching on my phone, and I frankly. The resolution on my on my phone is often better than the resolution on the TV, wow. given the like feed difference or whatever. So holding my phone this far from my face is better than watching it on the TV anyway. 
Um, but certain people, old people like yourself, uh, you want to watch it on the biggest TV possible because yeah. um, it's like a status symbol or something for you ancients. No, I like like I like lying on the couch and watching the game. But yeah, I, like, like I ES- lie on the couch watching the game like this. Yeah. Isn't that fine? But if it's like ESPN Plus, I either have to like cast it onto my TV or I have to go to the app on the TV. Or you watch just, it on your phone. Yeah, I'm not a big – like I, I usually never watch it on my phone. Like I'll watch on an iPad. Wow. Like when we're watching three games at once – for the Pac-12 season, I usually have iPad, computer, phone is like last option. Yeah. But. So, like somebody in the chat just asked, "How are people even going to know that games are on Apple TV?" And I'm like, again, I I don't even understand the point. Like, is the only way you find your team's game by like literally scrolling through your guide on your cable? But that's your teams, you know. Like, I think I you're not a consumer of the NFL or college football in general, you're no. watching very specifically, but I like to watch, you know, Hey, is, is, I don't know. I don't like think three weeks ahead of time that Michigan, Ohio state's coming up um, or whatever. It made Michigan, Michigan state. That's an earlier season game. But when I'm like watching college game day or whatever, then you're like, Oh, Michigan, Michigan state's on today. So, okay, I'll check that out. And sometimes you don't see that and you're just like, Oh, what's on ESPN. Oh, wow. It's a uh, Tennessee's Alabama this week. Okay. I want to watch that. Just sort of like randomly knowing that like that's something I would want to watch or, oh, well, Texas and Baylor are both ranked. I'm going to watch that game. But I don't go into the weekend thinking about Texas Baylor. It's just sort of like on the channels that I normally go to. So that's, I think, what people are talking about. That's part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, I get it to a certain extent. I just think there's 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 going to be some technological shift around this if more and more sports are on streaming. Like there's going to be something where. Yeah, you've got like a this is the college football channel where you click to whichever thing is on and it's going to open up that app on your whatever. But it doesn't matter. Um, the point is, yes, people behave stupidly and uh, <laughs> oh, and and channel surf. Uh, this is an interesting kind of point uh, from Covet and uh, spells John wrong, but that's OK. Uh, are John Wilner and John Canzano just homers because they seem to be the only positive voice for the Pac-12 right now? But they're also the most respected. They think the Pac-12 won't get less than the Big 12. And apparently they had a podcast that came out today maybe that they said that, that they think the deal is going to be north of the Big 12. Those are the only people I've heard say that. Um, they're certainly uh, you know, well-sourced in the Pac-12. I don't feel like they are homers, um, just personally. But I feel like you know, you're getting you know, a lot of sources that are in the Pac-12 footprint and I don't think anyone wants to believe that that's not the case. And I, you know, I think we're both of us are hoping that the Pac-12 is able to get some kind of great deal. Because if they don't, I, I don't want to see this conference crumble, and that's what could happen. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I don't. Do you think that? I don't think they're being homers about anything. I just feel like I don't you know, think it's homering. Um, I think I think you, the Pac-12 it, people it, are positive. You, you know? always have to pay it. Always read reporters, especially ones who have proven to be well sourced in the past. In the context of, well, what are they well-sourced on? Wilner and Canzano are really well-sourced on the Pac-12. The because a lot of their sources are high-level presidents or, in in many cases, people at the Pac-12. And so are they being homers? Or is this an interesting insight into what the Pac-12 is currently thinking? Yeah. Um, and what does that tell you about the Pac-12? They're either confident or delusional. Um, and I think you have to read it that way because – 
The important thing to understand about Wilner and Kanzano is they're uh, especially Wilner. I don't actually know Kanzano's background that well. Uh, Wilner is a reporter first. Uh, yeah. he, he started as a beat guy. Um, commentary is secondary to him. And so when he's reporting things, it's it's sourced reporting. Um, and so those sources, I mean, he's again, is a classic beat guy. Uh, th- these aren't guys just talking, but they may not they may not be accurate. Um, those sources might very well be a little delusional because they're Pac-12 sources. Um, but it's it's insightful. It's interesting, and it's worth reading for that. Yeah, understanding the context. You should always contextualize what you're reading. And when you stop at, oh, these guys are homers, they're idiots, um, especially with a guy like Wilner, um, where you know we've all read his reporting in the past, and especially on the end days of Larry Scott, it was all very, very accurate. Well, the sources didn't change. So yeah. what did change and what is a factor now? Um, and that's the way you should read it. That's the way you should understand it. Um, but always keep your brain on when you're reading somebody, especially somebody who's a re- respected voice, um, rather than just dismissing it because yeah. it, you may not agree with it. I don't agree with it. I don't think the Pac-12 is going to get that much money. But it's interesting that they think that. Yeah. It's interesting that they are um, operating with that belief because that's the way you should read it. The Pac-12 isn't releasing this information, but Wilner is getting it. Yeah. T. Lawrence says, if it's not my alma mater, I'm not streaming it unless I'm gambling on it, which I think there's a lot of people like that. Um where do you stand on – this is a really important topic that I can't believe we haven't brought up yet. Uh, but T. Lawrence, thanks for being in the chat. But where do you stand on the the initial, like, you know, H. John Benjamin, T. like the when your first name is just an initial now? I feel like that's kind of serial if you are not, If you are not a politician <laughs> from the 1800s or an author of uh, 1800s fiction, uh, you should probably ditch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's – Something seriously wrong. Yeah. With the, no, yeah, just yeah. Just, just, kidding, you're, just Larry. You're Larry. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. Be Larry. Uh, Planet Moolah wants to buy us some Little Caesars. I. That's nice. Are you a Little Caesars fan? I I don't think I've ever had it. Really? Yeah. It's not bad. Um, they had like the hot and ready's and stuff. I I I kind of like doing them. Uh, they had one real close to here, and it, it went away like a while back. Um, let's do one more, and then we'll like kind of move on. Um. Let's go to Philip Maz. Uh, what are the odds that Apple or Amazon either purchases Sling slash FUBU or start their own TV streaming service a la Hulu when all these channels uh, – so then all these channel-changing issues are moot. So instead of just – I think some of them are starting that where you can like access multiple streaming services in one app, which I think would make things a lot easier – but to have everything have their own app, like I'm just a YouTube TV now, I can watch it. So it's like basic cable, essentially. Um, I don't know. Do you think that's going to happen? I'm waiting for the sports version of ESPN on streaming, like the uh, all the ES all the sports shit. Yeah, all the sports one. stuff in a streaming channel that's designed for it. That's all this kind of stuff. Um, and maybe it's just an offshoot of Amazon at some point, but um. Because I, I think there's there's different behaviors at play, um, and I think the this I haven't even thought it through very much. So, but it'll be like you haven't thought it, something. It, it'll through. be like everything else I talk about. <laughs> but um, live stuff versus uh, on demand. Um, you're you're taking a service that's designed for on demand, and you're making it live. 
by doing the sports thing. And it's basically live. It's 10 seconds delay or whatever it is. Um, but it's two different. Be- it's a it's a different consumer behavior, which is what we're all talking about, like the channel surfing versus not. Well, the people who are going to streaming to find something to watch, they're not channel surfers. They're people who, you know, I've got a defined idea about what I want to watch, or I know this is the place where I go to find the TV shows that I like, so I'm going to yeah. go look on Netflix or whatever. Um, versus sports people who are, I want to watch this at a specific time on a specific channel. Um, if it's on Apple TV, great. I just need to know where to go. Um, but that's a, it's a different consumer. It's a different behavior model. It's like a whole different thing. So how do you, how do you capture that in a broader sense? Um, and that's the part where if Apple TV only gets the PAC 12, if it's just the PAC 12 that goes to Apple TV or Amazon or whatever it is, and it's, you know, they've got, what does Apple TV also have? They have the MLS. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's not a broader spectrum of sports and if it's not a broader spectrum of the sport you're watching, like if it's only Pac-12 games on the Apple TV uh, app, then I don't know that you're getting what you want. Um, I think it's, you know, if I was uh, Jeff Bezos, 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 I think, Bezos. yeah, well, yep. Bezos, we're going to go with Bezos. Um, <laughs> okay. If I was Jeff Bezos and I really wanted to get into the sports space, I wouldn't dip my toe. Uh, You know sports is a viable business model. You understand that it is. Go make a huge godfather offer to, like, all of college basketball or all of college football or everything that is not currently, like – Like the NCAA tournament Everything that is not currently, like, nailed down and go get it Yeah, and have a platform built around it Um, because I think ESPN is trying to uh, Frankenstein their way into that where they have – Oh yeah, we're good at streaming. They're not. Uh, ES- the the ESPN streaming stuff kind of sucks, and also they're still using old school production models. Um, you could go a little bit hard if you wanted to as Amazon, because you've got literally billions of dollars to play to play with, and it would massively increase your um, subscriptions. And you could probably charge more for some sort of sports tier to Amazon Prime that would open up, you know, billions of dollars of revenue for you. Yeah. That's what I would do. I wouldn't dip my toes with Thursday night football. I wouldn't dip my toes with the Pac-12. I would try to buy up a huge amount of the rights. Buy them out of some of these contracts and buy up the rights. Yeah. Um this is a funny one from T Lawrence. He says, "My first name's Tracy. I've been mistaken as a female, but I'm a male. I'll go with Larry." So, he's going to switch his name. No, now go with Tracy. Go with Tracy. Do you have what any, the hell? Do you have any history with it? I know a Tracy. Do you know? I know Tracy? a couple of Tracys. <laughs> there are two entirely different Tracys on the UCLA beat right now. Both men. There's another Tracy. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of like Shannon Terry was the former. Uh-huh. He runs on three now, but he was like the former yeah. rivals guy. Like he no. hired me, you know. Um, there's a bunch of these were all taken by women. They these started out as as male names. Oh, they were. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Um, we also got to talk real quick. Uh, what do you think? Ohio State comes in and says, hey, Washington, I know we had a deal. Play home and home. Rip that shit up. Not playing. Yeah. Uh, that tells me more than anything that USC and Ohio State are probably going to be playing in 2024. But, um, yeah, any thoughts on Ohio State canceling this? And, and does it's a bummer. It, does it – we're all talking about the instability. Does it impact 
Washington and Oregon being maybe less likely to sign something because they're like, man, we're not even going to be able to get to play these schools. We need to join one of these other conferences. Does it give a Washington or Oregon cold feet about viability going forward in the Pac-12 that this game gets canceled? Because there's just going to be too many big games in the Big Ten that they don't want to do this. I mean, I think it's a huge bummer. I wouldn't take too much more from it besides that at this point because it's not the first uh, big home-and-home that's gotten canceled. Yeah, UCLA and Michigan had their home and home canceled. Um, yeah, UCLA canceled that, right? Or was no, that Michigan. <laughs> yeah, you piece of shit. Um, but uh, th- these things happen. Um, it's a big bummer. Um, but Washington get a nice little payday from it, I think. Um, yeah, I think you got like half a mil or something. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I think you look at your future schedule and you s- you-, you see what the gaps are. Um, I don't think any cancellation of a single non-conference series should be that big of a deal um, to Washington um, or to any of the schools, except if it was, I mean, Washington state's been a viable enough power five program with basically never having a home and home with anybody. I know that's insane. Um, So uh, it's not the end of the world, but it is just a huge bummer. Um, You know, seeing Washington and Ohio state doing that would have been a lot of fun. Uh, But I, I, I wouldn't, I think there's a, a big incentive to like extrapolate from all these little data points that, oh, God, this is the end of the Pac-12. That's, this is why. This stuff happens all the time. Yeah. And it always has. For 2024, USC opens the season against LSU in Las Vegas. They have Notre Dame uh, on the schedule. And then probably like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Like That's going to be insane their first year in the big uh, – in the big, yeah, the big it's 10. almost like, and this is just me, you know, again, uh, just spitballing here. It's almost like there's going to be a competitive disadvantage to being in the Big Ten. It's yeah. almost like it's going to lead to more losses than you would otherwise have. They'll probably have more losses, but their schedule would be so ridiculous with an expanded playoff. I mean, that could be like a, you know, you could lose two or three games, and people are like, they're still playoff. You know, if they beat like. They lose like LSU to open the season, but they beat Ohio State later. Like there's like there's you know it's gonna options. be really funny. But if you lose them all, then you, yeah. Do that's you know bad. it's really gonna be really funny? What when uh, UCLA and USC are still still hit with East Coast bias because they are literally still on the West Coast and they don't relocate their universities to Nebraska, and it's still because most of their night games on the West Coast people are still not watching. You it's think it'll really still fun. be a thing? Yes, uh, of course play. it is. They're gonna play a lot of early games. Um, they're right. not going to get the benefit of the doubt that a three-loss Michigan team is going to get. USC would. Uh-huh. I mean, and if UCLA has a great season, which, you know, Chip Kelly, for sure, I think that's uh, – you get you lock him up. I think deal. I think there's 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 real advantages. Can you play the drop again? Which, which what? Oh. You know we need the money. Listen, we're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. But that's the only reason. There are going to be disadvantages beyond, the, like, just the simple, oh, we've got to travel a lot. Like, a lot of the baked-in disadvantages of being a West Coast institution don't change. Just In fact, they get worse if you go to another conference that's not a West Coast conference. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, why don't we take a quick break, and we will come back and uh, do some questions or any other news that Dave wants to talk about because he loves this oh, kind of man. stuff. Uh, back in a minute. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, 
you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, welcome back. Taylor says, Ashley, Lindsay, Leslie, Madison. The girls took a bunch of boy names and never gave them back. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, there's things you learn. Someone did want us to talk about Civil War generals, but we're kind of going long. I was already. just going to bring up, Ashley was the name of uh, one of the characters in Gone with the Wind. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Leslie Nielsen. Oh, Ashley. Leslie Nielsen. Uh, yeah. Popular. Leslie Nielsen. 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 Yeah. Is that yeah. right? Is yeah. that how say yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Uh, very nice. We do. Let's start with a voicemail, if that's okay. No. Um, you have no choice. I haven't muted you for a while. That was fun while we did that. Okay. Uh, here we go. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Perk. Um, just kind of had a question following up on last week's episode, how you guys were talking about kind of the future of the remaining Pac-12 schools. And I know a lot of blame can be placed on Larry Scott. Um, sounds like with things that are moving forward, some blame could be put on uh, George Klyavkov. But I was, I was wondering, how much blame would you guys put on uh, the current and past Pac-12 presidents during this time, you know, presidents of the schools? Because it seems like they either don't really know how much of a factor athletics can play um, in kind of the overall success of their university and obviously the conference is that they either don't know or, or don't care. And they were kind of willing to just let Larry Scott do whatever. Um, and so I was wondering kind of how much blame you would, uh, you'd put on those guys. And then on another note, I know from a few podcasts ago, uh, Coach B reached out to you guys. Uh, for you guys to be fans to come down to see his game. I don't know what the hesitancy was on your guys' part, but I want to say to Coach B, I'm happy to support the uh, the Ramona Bulldogs, I think, uh, from Indianapolis, Indiana. And if you guys ever somehow play out here in Indiana, there's a good chance that I will probably consider going to the game. <laughs> so looking forward to the upcoming season. Anyway, love the podcast. Thanks, guys. Nice. Our hesitancy is that we don't travel. Um, we can see Perk when we, you know, when we're covering yeah, the. Uh... We should go see Perk. Um, so the the initial question was how much blame goes on the university presidents for everything that's gone on. Obviously, a ton. Yeah, um, and it's they extended Larry Scott. Yeah, and I think they they were sold the bill of goods. Uh, they took way too long looking under the hood, um, and uh, you know that. 
they have a mission um, that I think a lot of these guys are eggheads um, and they don't pay attention as much to athletics and with good reason. I mean, they're handling huge budgets. It's not actually as much as we consider it. It's not actually a significant part of their day to day. Um, But and this is the part where I think it always gets a little bit lost in the shuffle. It's a huge part of the implicit marketing of the university. It's a huge part of it's. In so many ways, it's a huge part of the public face of the university. Um, the The football coach and the basketball coach for uh, major universities and athletics, they are, um, in many respects, the biggest PR person for that university. It demands focus beyond the simple dollars and cents associated with what it brings in and revenue and what it, you know, what the outputs are in terms of how much you have to pay the coaches. Because if you're good, and if you're on the national stage, it does influence a lot of other aspects of your university that you wouldn't even think were connected. Um, donations, like it's been shown in study after study, donations increase drastically when the teams are good. Um, so it, it behooves investment um, in the programs and not just investment of money, but like investment of interest, investment of time on the president's part, on the chancellor's part, on whatsoever. And um, – yeah, I think they didn't do their due diligence with Larry Scott. Um, they nope. were sold a bill of goods. And there was a few presidents that were sort of championing him, and they were completely wrong. Yeah, well, and they were sold uh, up the river by him. Um, you know, it was very much, you know, we're going to get X amount of money from this, which given what they did with Comcast, maybe he like literally just me- messed up the basic math. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, but they were sold on on something that it, it probably should have been, oh, this is too good to be true. Um and these are, you know, major academic types. I mean, they're they should be pretty smart. Um, okay, maybe you're sold the initial bill of goods, but five years in, six years in, when you're not yeah. getting anywhere close to that amount of money, and the direct TV thing is obviously dead. Like it's been obviously dead for eight or nine years, um, and they were still talking about it. Do you remember the beginning where you're just like, how's this deal going to work? And it was just like. It's not. It's never going to work. Right. And it and, never did. And uh, and getting locked into, what was it, a 12-year deal? Oh, my God. So terrible. And just all these things that, um, you know, savvier people should have been able to figure this out, and they weren't. So, yeah, I mean. Uh, hey, but owning the Pac-12 network outright, that's going to be huge. Excuse <laughs> me. It's going to be it's going to be great when we have our own rights leveraging them. Yeah, yeah except you no longer have USC and UCLA's. Yeah. Um, and uh, like they're not absolved here. I mean, as we've talked about, if you want to if you want to pin blame, uh UCLA and USC are damn near at the top of the list, but the individual presidents, I mean, these were all voting members of the Pac-12. Um and they all they all voted right along to let this happen. Yeah. Uh so Larry Scott, the representative, and he sucked, but um he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't appointed from on high. He was he was voted in. Yeah. And, and they took way too long voting him out. Yeah. And sometimes you just like you make this decision like it's gonna be Larry Scott and you're just buying to what he's he's selling and just keep it going. And there was definitely people that, you know, he kept his inner circle. He he knew how to, you know, butter up the right presidents and, and keep basically he was doing whatever he could to keep his job. It wasn't what was in the best interest of the Pac-12. I mean, he wasn't even talking to athletic directors in the beginning. And so that's stuff that if you're the president and you're at ADs coming to you, you're like, hey, man, Larry Scott's not even taking my calls. You'd be like, hey, Larry, you know, next meeting, like, 
we should have the athletic directors involved in this, but it was only the, the presidents and chancellors. And yeah, there's just so many problems with all that. Uh, speaking of uh, Coach B, I think he's got the first. You want to start us first email from Coach B? Yeah, let me pull it up. All right. So this is the Oregon Statewide. No, no, we had already done that one. This was conference realignment. Conference realignment. Yeah. Uh, what up, my dudes? I love talking conference realignment and Davey W.'s claim of an inevitable two-league 24-team super conference format has got me thinking. So I have three for you, numbered for Dave's convenience. One, for the record, I hope the Pac-12 sticks together. I got love for West Coast. But if the Big 12 raids the Pac and Mountain West, who are the new conference rivalries going to be? For reference, here is where you projected the teams to end up on the last POC. Big 10, super uh, Washington, Oregon, Stanford, Cal, USC, UCLA, Big 12, Mountain West merger, Wazoo, Oregon State, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. BYU, Utah, and the Holy Bowl seems like the only lock. I guess uh, USC will immediately compare themselves to the Ohio State University, but I imagine Penn State will actually be more of a realistic problem that pops up every year. Maybe someone from the former ACC, USC versus Pitt, winner gets to keep the 2021 Boletnikoff Award for the year. Uh, UCLA versus Michigan State in the annual battle of the Second Sons. I am hoping for an Oklahoma State versus Oregon State annual game that slowly takes over the title of the Orange Bowl. Interesting. Um, I think, well, it depends. Like if Oregon State and Washington State kind of go together, like part of the Mountain West or something, I think we projected that. They would probably have to they would play each other. rivalry. I think they would be their, each other. They're, they would be the rivals. Um, you know, Utah, if they're in the, the Big 12, Certainly, the Colorado thing would kind of go away, and it would be more about BYU would be like the big rivals, like Arizona, Arizona State, bringing their own rivalry. So that's not really, you know. I think actually Oregon State would probably just maintain Oregon on the schedule. Probably um, they would probably be incentivized to do so, and Wazoo would probably do the same with Washington. But if those schools are in the Big Ten and they got to play the Pac-12 school, I don't know. Like the Texas A&M and Texas didn't play anymore after. Uh, yeah, but there's like real weird animosity there. Yeah, um, I think the the state the states would want them to continue. They, to I play think they those would. Games. Yeah, but all right. Um, two, any chance of a West Coast versus East Coast league? Corner schools to the Big Twelve, then the ACC versus California, Oregon, Washington, Hawaii, Alaska, <laughs> go Sea Wolves. That's a long. That'd be a that, that's that'd a be quick, a long haul. That would be a long haul. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I don't think any of those mergers make any sense. Yeah, probably not. It's more about, it's like, do you need to buy the whole company when you can take the top two employees and then the company sort of falls apart and if anyone else you want, you could get them. I, I feel like that's where, and and right now the Big Ten doesn't have a commissioner. Um, you know, Kevin Warren is on his way to the Chicago Bears. They haven't announced a replacement yet. So it's hard to see the Big Ten doing anything. Yeah. Um, but Brett Yormark, I mean, I think, you know, he's, he's going to be in the ear of, all of the Pac-12 schools are a lot of them. And uh, if they're going to take his calls much more often, if this TV deal isn't very good. And that's just sort of like the reality of it. Like you have to deliver. Klyovkov has to deliver on this TV deal or the people under you are going to look elsewhere. Yeah. Wherever it is. Totally. All right. And three, can we stop pretending Stanford and Cal are going to allow San Diego State into the Pac-12? No shade to state. That's my local school. I'm just saying, let's be real about uh, Bay Area academics here. UC academics believe themselves better than the Cal State schools. They are more likely to start a new academic conference to rival the Ivy League. Cal, Washington, Stanford, Tulane, 
Vandy, Northwestern, Georgia Tech, Duke, UC Davis, Cal Poly. Wouldn't that be fun? Keep it rocking. Looking forward to a Springfield POC talk. Coach B, you included a Cal State in your list, Cal Poly. Um, <laughs> they are a Cal State. They're a California Polytechnic, but they are in the Cal State system. Yeah. Do you, do you buy into the fact that Cal Stanford are sort of like, I don't want to say vetoing, but aren't voting for members like that, that you're looking at from a football point of view, hey, add Southern California, hey, add Dallas. But you're looking at, you know, it used to be a you know a a, a school you know it's a religious affiliated school SMU, San Diego State's a, a Cal so State. I, like, do you think that they would say no to those kind of things? Is that you believe that's real? I don't. I, I don't think they would say no to San Diego State. I think they would say no to SMU. Yeah. That makes sense because that's also cultural problems. Um, you know, Stanford and apparently Cal. they stopped the, the Methodist affiliation yeah, yeah, a few years I know, ago, but, but it's in but the name. It's, right? it's still Stanford. And Cal. Yeah. Um, San Diego State, I don't see it being as big of an issue. Um, I think there would have to be some relaxation of like actual academic rules because I still think, isn't it true that the Cal States can't offer doctorates? Um, something like that. I'm not sure. Um, so I don't know. Um, I, maybe they do. Uh, I don't know if they have significant issue with it. San Diego State's a really good school now, um, so they shouldn't. Um, and. Stanford and Cal shouldn't have a whole lot of leverage here because, I mean, have you seen those two schools? Um, I mean, there's potential that, yeah, like you're talking about, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like there's so much that could happen. And it could just be, like, status quo. But holy crap, like, this could, like, the, the USC-UCLA thing leaving. Changed. It's, it's a lot changed of everything. And there's you know, national sports writers that are like, it's still hard to get your arms around it. Like you can accept Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, but USC and UCLA, you know, going all the way to the Big Ten. It's like I know we need the money. Listen, but- we're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. Like literally, it's just change. Like it just could change a lot, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe a whole bunch How doesn't much? change, but man, some stuff could change. Yeah, and I, I, I still, I, I want to again be on record. I think it's horrible. I think it's very bad. I don't you love think it, it's right? good. You're um, good. I think it was influenced. I think it's significantly influenced by two uh, non uh, West Coast guys being at the head of the athletic departments for USC and UCLA right now. I don't think it would have happened if it was Dan Guerrero and whatever, even Lynn Swan, um, I don't think it would have happened. Um, but I think the fact that it was two guys who have absolutely no ties to the region whatsoever and do not care, uh, and just looking at the dollars and cents, the thing is, and this is the part that I keep coming back to, is you can't just make decisions based on short-term dollars and cents. Um, and this is the part where it gets wonky, but when you're thinking about UCLA and USC's athletic position 10 or 15 years from now, is it better or worse by virtue of being in the big 10 and some people say well because the money is better it's going to be better um i don't think it's as simple as that look at what nebraska is doing right now in the big 10 how are they doing yeah and it wasn't people talk about nebraska football like it was ancient history they were still really good right around the the turn of this last century yeah Um, they were and it was only nine years later they went to the big 10 and they have not been good since um but so i just I'd caution everyone to think about, okay, and it, it doesn't even matter now because it's done, right. but um, it's, 
It's more, not going to be all sunshine and roses. Do you see Regents boards? Are they meeting anymore? No, but no. it's. But the thing is, that was all a dog and pony show. Where, where somebody needed to stop and say, okay, not what does this look like next year for our budget situation? Not what does it look like three years from now for, you know, will we be able to hire a new coach? But 15 years from now, do we want to be an island out on the West Coast with no one else playing major college football? And the only places we can get major college football games are in the Midwest, in the East, in the South. Yeah. And is that where we want to be? Is, is that where we want the sport to be? And then from an institutional standpoint, um, do you want to be playing big-time games at the Rose Bowl with other schools in the region? Or do you want them to all be uh, you know, people from Indiana coming to town? Um, does that bring value for your university? Yeah. Does that does that add value for your university? You sell a lot of beer and tickets and stuff, but that's but does know. that does that move the needle at the end of the day? And well, you make a bunch of Indiana fans come and they want to apply to go to school. Maybe and so, and maybe their kids go to school at UCLA. There will be positive benefits from that some of that stuff, but I mean, just from like a mission of the university, from a what's best for the university standpoint, it's it seems like such a short term thinking move, um, yeah. and and dressed up as if it's long term thinking. Oh. But the Big Ten, and that's going to be viable for the foreseeable future. I mean, sure, you don't know that. You don't know if college football is going to be viable for the foreseeable future, and you don't know if this is the thing that actually ends up killing it as a as a as a major thing. We could have a zombie apocalypse tomorrow. Who knows? There's so know? many different aspects. I want to be a fly on the wall at the UC Board of Regents meeting, and like when Gavin Newsom drops in and stuff, and they're like the presentation. Uh, you know, I don't know who would be you know someone from UCLA kind of presenting this. And there's a, this is about the money. And he's like, no, this isn't about the money. This isn't because it's a, it's more money. It's because it's a shitload more money. <laughs> that would be, that would, <laughs> Martin Jarman up there puts up a chart. He's just like, it's a shitload more money. Yeah, oh, it's two okay. lines. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> So here's the amount of money we're going to get here. Here's the amount of money here. The 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 difference in between is a shitload. Um, all right, next question. Oh yeah, uh, let's go to uh, an Oregon Post Pac-12 question from John in Oakland. Ryan and David, a completely hypothetical question about the Oregon Ducks. The Pac-12 completely evaporates uh, with ASU, Arizona, Colorado, and Utah jumping to the Big Twelve. The door to the Big Ten is locked, barred, nailed shut by the conference president slash chancellors. With two growing Dobermans, a growling Dobermans named Carol Fult and Gene Block sitting in front of it. Do you think Oregon would go independent? Is its athletic brand strong enough uh, for this approach, John and Oakland? Boy, I, I think you would. I think it's Big 12, right? Or even I think, ACC. It, would, I think it would have to be Big 12. Um, yeah. I think they'd have to jump somewhere. Um, I think you could try to do something like. Um, mesh what remains of the Pac-12 with the Mountain West and then be the top dog in that conference. Because the thing is, Oregon is almost um, an independent entity now in the same way like uh, the Gonzaga is in basketball and whatever they're in the West Coast Conference, where they're going to get their recruits, they're going to get their money um, almost independently of whatever conference they're in. I think Oregon kind of has a little bit of that juice now um, where – if there is a football version of that, it could be Oregon. So I don't know that it's necessarily hugely important for them to be a part of some, um, you know, mega conference. Uh, 
but that's probably a, a, a worst case scenario. I think in this situation, just jump into the Big Twelve would probably make the most sense. Yeah, no, I I would agree with you there. Um, and it might just be because the Big Ten can't get anybody right now because they don't have a commissioner. So, um, but all right, I think we have one more email, then we'll do a couple uh, more chat questions and get out of here. All right, uh, the last email is from Corbin, UCLA in five years. Hello, Ryan and Dave. With the LA schools leaving the charred remains of the dumpster that was once the Pac-12 in favor of the sometimes frozen plains of the Big Ten in 2024, I started thinking about who e- how each team would evolve into their new conference and coming up with various comparisons. My question is, does UCLA become Jordan Brand Maryland? And by that, I mean a football program for a state school that is overshadowed by the local and occasionally good professional teams that it shares a media market with. As its background talent is recruited away by USC and Alabama, does UCLA start selling season ticket packages starting at $99 as basketball becomes the real gem in conference play? What is UCLA's answer to uh, SECU's, SECU Fields loaded crab pretzel? Thank you for the weekly hour of laughter as I pretend to do work. I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand the Jordan Brand Maryland reference. Is so- Maryland in the... No, Maryland's uh, Under Armour, so they're like, big, yeah, but yeah. That, like the founders, like. But are they in the? But how is that a? Are they in the shadow of what the Ravens? Who are they in the shadow of? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not quite following. But there, so, but I the, mean, a the, football program for a state school. The that founder of Under Armour is like a Maryland yeah, guy, yeah. you know. But Jordan Brand. Okay, I'm. I'm struggling with this one. I'm struggling. Maybe a little bit. yeah, because I'm not sure. Okay, so I would say UCLA has. I mean, I think there's, um, I think there's a reality that both college teams in LA are going to struggle with the presence of two NFL teams in LA, and they have already um, started to in the last couple of years. Um, but when they're good, people will show up. Yeah. In the same way that's always been true, when people when when UCLA and USC are good, people will show up. As I've said, I think they're going to have a harder time being good in the Big Ten. Um, doesn't mean they won't be, but they're going to yeah. have a harder time. Um, so, uh, or is that, so you're saying that the conference that we cover the PAC 12, the conference of champions, you're saying is weak. Is that, that's what you're saying here? I'm saying it's local, <laughs> um, and local, <laughs> local beats all, uh, you know, not having to, so it'll be harder because of the travel, the travel is going to make it a lot worse. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, that's about it. I, right. I, I don't really know how to answer the rest of it. Uh, they should, I mean, Legitimately, uh, here's another thing. Uh, uh, basketball tickets at UCLA for like students cost a lot of money. Do they? Yeah. They don't give them out for free. I told you the USC-UCLA basketball game, they were selling like $150 tickets. I was like, whoa, that's yeah, crazy. They should be free. All, all tickets for students should be free. I I like, yeah, I like student buying able to buy a student package. This is the nickel and diming I'm talking about, by the way, is it does not matter significantly for the bottom line of anything besides the athletic department. And the only reason it matters for the athletic department is because at UCLA, they have to be independently self-funded. Yeah. And they don't get subsidies from central campus for some stupid bureaucratic reason. Mm-hmm. And so they have to charge stuff for students to go to basketball games, but ends up being, I don't know. How much revenue could it possibly be? A few hundred thousand dollars a year? Doesn't matter. Um, it's, those It'd be like be a selling point. Like, hey, you get free tickets. Free tickets. Student. And then when you're an alum, after you've attended how many games over your four years, you're going to want to con- continue to go to the games. And now it costs 200 bucks for your young alumni seats. Yeah. And then five years from then, uh, now it costs 800 bucks because you're not a young alumni anymore. Are you going to keep going at that point? Because you got the gateway drug early on? Like, take your lessons. 
from the drug dealers, okay? I try to all the time. Right? You don't need to – you do not need to like just completely like get all the blood from that stone right no. at the beginning. You give them a free one. You, you want to be a leech. You give them a free a, one. You want to be a leech for a long period of time. You want to be a yeah. parasite. You don't want to be a vampire. You hook them with you the free ones in their co- in college. You don't want to kill the 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 thing. You okay? This is a good example. Okay. You want to be a you want to be a a, a a vampire, not a zombie. Oh yeah, so right. Keep them alive. Keep them alive. Maybe turn them, but you know, just suck a little bit of blood. I never understand what the like. The turn, like, what do you have to do to turn? Like, so are you well, it depends. Just like it depends. Versus turning? It depends on what your uh, what your uh, what your 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 vampire um, uh, fiction is. Okay, because so there's, there's one things. where like they bite you, then you have to bite them at the same time. Oh, really? And you got to do this whole thing. And then you turn that way, and then you turn that way. But I don't know. It, that might have been Anne Rice, um, and that was all like commentary on like there was a lot of like homoeroticism there and mm. when it was still like a taboo subject so you know was it was it metaphorical who knows and then there's the just oh sometimes they bite you and they only suck a little bit of blood and that's when you turn or they bite you and they suck all your blood and then you just die and you're a husk yeah. there's a lot I never there's quite justin understand. cronin's the passage where they might just like basically eat you and you're dead you know mm. there's a lot that goes into it man yeah Let's go to Matt and the chat. He says, Dave, thoughts on UCLA's new defensive coordinator? Um, Wants to talk some football. I think it could be good. Um, Young guy. uh, He's never been a coordinator before. Um, Doesn't fit the bill of like a big time name that I think a lot of people were clamoring for. But um, could be good. Not a retread. Not a Jerry Azanero, Bill McGovern. Um, so we'll see. Uh, he was well thought of at the Ravens. Um, NFL guy. Uh, I, you know, we'll see if he can recruit. We'll see if he can, you know, bring that level of energy to that. Um, but uh, new blood hopefully has like a better understanding of what modern defense is supposed to look like. Um, and we'll see. New blood. I like new blood. the pun there. We love new is blood. Look at. I think it's like storming outside. It's crazy. Uh, Kavit, uh, what's the uh, dollar amount per year the Pac-12 deal would have to generate for USC and UCLA to have buyer's remorse with the idea that you would go to the playoff less in the Big Ten? Uh, I don't know if you realize this part, but... Um, you no, know we need the money! Listen, we're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. Um, I don't know what the... I mean... Klayovkov was trying to make the point that UCLA was going to be have be better off financially if they stayed, if they got like $45 million from uh, the Pac-12, which obviously that's not happening. But um, I don't know. I don't think there's a number like I think, you I, have buyer's remorse. I, I think he was making arguments about like specifics for the short term, which again, making short-term arguments here is stupid. I think what he should have been saying from the beginning is you're going to take a short-term hit sticking with us. But in the long run, it makes a whole lot more sense for you to stay west. And I think that would have been a more compelling and believable argument for a lot of people. It wouldn't have worked for the same reason all this yeah. stuff wasn't going to work. But that's a compelling argument. Like if it's you can make $45 million a year and you have the stability of playing the same schools you've always played and you have the stability of being a West Coast conference and all this other stuff, uh, you can shore this whole thing up. We'll give you a few extra points on the deal if you really, really need it. But – you know the the forty five or fifty million you make a year here 
is going to make you more viable in the long run as a competitive uh, sports school yeah. than going to the Big Ten. And, you know, it might not have worked, but I think that number presented in the right way uh, could have been compelling. I think he was maybe a little slow to the uh, slow to the trigger, um, and that's a big problem here is that I don't think he had anything compelling to put on the table last spring um, when maybe these sorts of arguments would have had some juice to him. Um, and, you know, there's you – know, it's all water under the bridge now, and I don't think UCLA – as we talked about at the time, UCLA and USC didn't really give him – any ability to counter um but yeah he didn't have anything ready anyway i mean as we see now they they were waiting to negotiate um and even at the time they were still waiting to negotiate so yeah but yeah if you could have said 50 million a year 45 million a year i think you could have presented that uh in a compelling way yeah um let's see turtles are good over under Two and a half years of Dion at Colorado. What are you guys thinking? Over. Yeah, I think over for sure. Um, I think he's going to be there for a while. Yeah, at least four or five. Yeah, my, my thoughts. Like, I don't know if you're jumping up from there. Alex says, Ryan with 32-channel board using two. I asked for suggestions because I have a lot of weird – I have a lot of weird sounds that I don't know what I would use for, like – you know, what am I – Oh, groovy, baby. I played some of these last yeah. week, and then you guys made fun. So I asked for suggestions of good sound for our show. We got one, so I used it. So give us more suggestions, and I will uh, do that. Uh, I think I think too many drops is is not so good. I think uh, keeping it keeping it, you know, keeping it simple, keeping it fresh, yeah, uh, is good. Kind of overdo it. We'll do one last one from Kyle. Uh, best guess on what conference Washington and Oregon will be playing in in twenty twenty six, and what happens to the remaining eight. We kind of talked about this last week, I guess. Um, what was the question? Uh, best guess on where Washington, Oregon will be in 2026, and then what happens to the remaining eight? Haven't we been answering that old friggin' show? I think we kind of have no friggin' idea. Uh, my best guess is that they are. <laughs> they went from good mood to pissed off. <laughs> well, we just like it. We. I'm sorry. We had to spend an hour talking about TV deals because that's what you put first on the on the uh, document today. We didn't have to. You talked about it willingly. I didn't force you. Well, I guess I slapped you around. <laughs> you hit me. We talked about this already. Um, but uh, sign up the back of this hand. Oregon and Whack. Washington in 2026 will be playing their football games in the Big 12. There Ooh, you go. I like it. That's different from the answer I gave last week. Do you want to know why? Because nobody knows. Nobody knows anything. We don't know. But I, I think in the coming weeks, we're going to like. There's going to be some big news, I think. And I know Dave's not a big like the spring person, but there's either like if there's no deal by like two or three weeks from now, like that's, I don't think that's a good sign. Um, and if there is one and it's not very good, I, I think part of what Klyovkov has to do here is they're going to get a deal, and it's sort of one of those things. What can schools stomach? Like, how do we present it in a way that makes it look bigger than it is? That, you know, r really, right? I <laughs> how, mean, how, how can we present it in such a way that it looks bigger than I'm it is? I'm saying, like, literally, there was a bar set I mean, by there's the some ab techniques you can do. If there's a way you can say that it's a $34 million deal, reduce the size of your thighs, <laughs> slim, like <laughs> vertical stripes, yeah. whatever it is, like, I would say, or horizontal. Um, 
if there's a way you can trim, say like definitely trim. If he says something like total compensation will be thirty four million per year, then it's more than the Big Twelve makes. But in actuality, it's like twenty eight. But you're like playing a lot around. of it is angles, actually, like there, the, the angle of viewing. Yeah, yeah. We can see. Look, this is an angle different. If you're watching on YouTube, like, do we look different from this angle? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think some of it's going to be that. Now, I don't like, think that's the angle you want. I think it's from the underside. Probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how do you? How do you present it? Like, I think that's part of the issue here, too. So, I don't know, man. I, this is, like, super compelling It's all compelling about how you me. present it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Super compelling to me. I know you don't like it, but whatever. Um, I guess we should wrap it up. I thought we'd go we short We should today. wrap it up. After after talking about how we present it, we should definitely wrap An it up. An hour and a half. If uh, you wrap it up with the right stuff, that might also uh, make it look a little bit bigger. This <laughs> wrap it up. Should I put a picture of Michael Penix up on the screen just for <laughs> no context? Whatever. <laughs> just, okay, I'll do that for you. Uh, we'll, we'll leave you guys with that. Uh, for David Woods, uh, follow him on Twitter at David David Woods. I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you enjoyed the show. Not a lot of information, not a lot of entertainment, but we're here. And we'll keep doing it. And I uh, hope you liked it. Uh, I don't remember what I do to sign out, so I'm just going to say sayonara. Goodbye. (laughs) Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.